0: Oh Lord Jesus, there is no one greater than You. No one greater. You be exalted. You be lifted on high. You are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the one who splits the seas in our lives. And Jesus, we give You all glory here tonight. We give You all praise. You are the powerful One. You are the mighty One. And You are the loving One so kind so gentle you come to us and you call us out of where we are and you give us new life we say thank you in Jesus name amen hey let's worship him put your hands together give God some glory tonight amen you can grab a seat grab a seat yeah man Jesus is so good Jesus is so good he's so powerful And uh, tonight, Rob has come to be baptised to declare that he is dead to the old. Jesus has made him alive to the new in him, hallelujah. This is incredible, this is a miracle. This is resurrection. And uh, Rob's gonna share his story with us now. So can you encourage Rob as he comes to do that tonight?
1: Growing up in a Christian home, I was fully aware that whatever a Christian was, I wasn't one. Wanting what Christians claim to have, I continually tried to begin a relationship with God. When I was young, I would put my hand up to receive Christ every Sunday. I would pray to receive Christ every week, but my heart was unchanged. Over that time, I acted as if I already was a Christian hoping that one day I would stumble into a relationship with Him, that day never came. Other than that, my life was normal. However, in grade 10, I got addicted to pornography. I tried to break the addiction many times, but never could. Eventually, I just gave up. Knowing Jesus could take that addiction away, I tried for many years to start a relationship with Him, but there was always something I was missing. After eight years of failure, around six months ago, I decided to try my hardest to become a Christian and break my pornography addiction. I started reading Christian books, trying to find anything that I'd missed, anything that could inform me on how to start a relationship with God. Unfortunately, the reading didn't help. Things were still the same. However, whenever I would cry out to God, begging Him to take the addiction away, a thought would come to my mind, tell your mum and I'll break it. Every time I heard that, I didn't listen. I would get discouraged and find myself going back to pornography again. I convinced myself that what God had told me was just my own thoughts. Four months later, I found myself slowly giving up again. One morning, about two months ago, while I was reading, my mum told me she had a dream In that dream, she was walking on a road. As she looked backwards, she noticed that I wasn't following behind her. Realizing that I was lost, she began to desperately ask people nearby if they knew where I was. Finding herself in a strange place, she asked a few guys behind a desk where I was. They replied, he's busy. Realizing they would not let me out, she demanded that they take her to me. They did. As they took her deeper into the strange place, she saw saw a large box. The box was lifted, revealing an amazing car, a Lamborghini. And inside the car, she saw me, frozen with my eyes glazed. When she had finished recollecting the dream, I thought about it deeply, what it meant, each detail pinpointing where I was. The box that isolated me from others, being cold or stuck in place, but the car didn't seem to fit the picture. I was in a really nice car and that frightened me. I was reminded of the rich young man who spoke to Jesus in Matthew 19. The rich man came to Jesus asking, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And after some discussion, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. I realized that God had been telling me what I needed to do to begin a relationship with him. And I had been walking away discouraged. The next morning I struggled with the task Jesus asked of me. I finally walked upstairs, lay down on my mom's bed and told her. I felt terrible, emotionally frozen, dead even. As I read a devotional the next morning, I noticed that the words had changed. The words took on new meanings. The best way I can describe it is that they were alive, dynamic and powerful. As I reflected, I realized I had started a relationship with Jesus and He called me to baptism. Verses started to spring into my mind as I experienced more of His love. Getting just a taste of His love for me, I continued to follow Him breaking barriers that stopped me from experiencing more of His love. I realize that faith is founded on obedience to Jesus and as we obey Him, He reveals more of His character to us. Oswald Chambers puts it this way, the only way we can get to know the truth of God is to stop trying to find out and by being born again. If you obey, if you obey God in the first thing He shows you, then He instantly opens up the next truth to you. You could read volumes on the work of the Holy Spirit when five minutes of total uncompromising obedience would make things as clear as sunlight. I knew a lot about Christ, but I had been hiding from Him and others just as Adam and Eve did in the garden after eating the fruit. John 3, 19 to 21 says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. As I stepped into the light, I experienced love that casts out all fear. He began to fill up my glass with joy. After two weeks, I found myself overflowing with joy that I couldn't contain. I realized that Jesus gives us joy that endures. Hebrews 12:1 says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning all shame. That's the joy that he gives us. It spills out into other areas of our lives. He took away my desire to watch pornography and replaced it with a desire for more of him. One by one, all of my, all of my priorities were shifting until he reigned above it all. As I've diminished, he's increased. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit fill me and you as well. Anything less than the life he has on offer would be settling. Jesus claimed that he was the way, the truth and the life, that streams of living water would flow from us, that when we abide in him, we'll bear much fruit. I've had just a taste of what Jesus has promised us when we fix our eyes on him but it's far greater than every other pleasure I've experienced. He filled me with such a desire for Him that everything else feels like child's play. Jesus helped me put my old life to death so that He could give me a new one. We're celebrating because that's His heart, to find people like me and you who are lost and reveal His love for us, to lift us up out of death and give us His eternal life and joy. But He doesn't stop there. He continues to pour out His life on us as we look to Him. We are like clay. If we find our our life in the world, we are like dry clay, immovable and brittle. Any circumstance in life can break us. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. He wets the dry clay and we become malleable in His hands. We cannot help but change. That's what today is about. I'm dead to the old. Now marks the beginning of a new life, an eternal life, born of water and the Holy Spirit. Praise God.
0: This is Jesus, this is Jesus. Look to the cross tonight. This is what He does, He breaks chains. He frees us into beautiful new life. And uh, what a testimony, what a powerful testimony of what He does in our lives. And as Rob goes under the water, he's declaring before all of earth and all of heaven tonight, that he is dead to the way he used to live and he's now alive in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. So we wanna pray for Rob as he does that now. Yeah, let's pray. Join your heart with me as we pray tonight. Jesus, uh, we we wanna declare this, and, and this is Rob's heart. This is not about Rob tonight, this is about you. This is about you, Jesus. This is about declaring your greatness and your power and your love, Jesus, that sees us in the broken places that we are in. You saw Rob in the broken place that that he was in and oh God, your heart broke for him. It yearned for you to know him. And so you sought him out, seeking after him, calling him into eternal life. And Jesus, it, it has been done. He said yes to you, and we rejoice with him tonight. As you rejoice, rejoice with him tonight. And God, I pray that as your Holy Spirit has already filled him, Lord, fill him afresh again tonight, to overflowing. Holy Spirit that You would shed abroad Your love in His heart again tonight continually over and over again Lord, that the full measure of the divine nature of God would be indwelling this man so that Your life might be seen in His and that others may come into eternal life as well God, this is what You do You are nothing but good This is the message we have heard about Him, that there is only light in Him, no darkness God, we just celebrate with you. We celebrate with all of heaven tonight that this child of yours has been found, redeemed, saved. Move him, Lord, into all you have for him wonderful plans and purposes to bless him and to prosper him as he understands more of your love day by day. And as he casts a shadow of God into this world. I pray, Lord, that many would walk into that shadow and see You, Jesus Christ. And so tonight, Lord, we just pray that You would bless Him, God. Pour into Him unto overflowing. We love You, Jesus. This is Your work. This is Your story. Thank You for sweeping us up in it. We are so grateful. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Uh, Rob, do you confess Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour? I do. Because of this profession of faith and because of the fact that you've requested to be baptised tonight, standing in my privilege to baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
2: to be in your presence, to know that you are here. The one who holds the world in his hands and yet the one who loves us, your great love. That's what's on display here. We wanna see nothing else but you, Jesus, high and lifted up. And so we do that now. Speak to us, reveal yourself to us. We wanna see you with fresh eyes tonight. Come by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Feel free to grab a seat. I feel like there's not much else to say. God loves us. God loves us, right? Is that good? How good is that? And actually, I don't, I don't want to say too much more uh, before I actually go to God's Word. You've heard it from Rob. You've heard it from the worship. You've heard it from me. God loves us. But now we're going to go to his word and we're going to see from himself, from his own mouth, the exact same thing. So let's come to that. We're continuing in our series, actually, um, the series of the found, parables of the found. And it's all about God chasing after us unrelentingly, not stopping until he has found us. And we came to the prodigal son last week and we're continuing on uh, to the brother of the prodigal son. But this is where we start. I'll read through the whole parable again and we'll recap a bit of what we covered last week as well. But here we go. Luke 15, 11 to 32. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, The youngest son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found so they began to celebrate meanwhile the older son was in the field when he came near the house he heard music and dancing so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on your brother has come he replied is Jesus' words to us tonight, God's words to us tonight. He loves us. And as as we heard last week, actually, we are lost and he's coming after us. He's doing everything to find us. But the problem is we're not looking to be found. To be lost is not to know God's love for us to not know it in your very being. Maybe maybe to say it, but for it not to seem like reality, that he loves you, that he forgives you, that he longs for you to be in his presence. I want you to think about your own journey for a second. Uh, Have you ever come to Jesus looking for something more? anything more than what you've been experiencing. We've been talking about Jesus offering fullness of life. Is that what you have received? Or maybe you feel like you've been shortchanged in some way. We talk about Jesus being the greatest gift possible. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like it's the greatest gift? I think sometimes, uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but uh, at Christmas time and birthdays, I uh, have a terrible habit of giving dud Christmas gifts. And um, Katie isn't one who can actually uh, put on a show and and pretend like she really enjoys it. So, you know, I mean, I have brought her to tears uh, once with one of my gifts, and I'm not proud of that. But. Sometimes I think we act as if we have this incredible gift, but do we really have a sense that it is incredible? Or are we just pretending like it's incredible? The story of Jesus, the good news of God's love for us, the claim that Jesus is making is that it is such an incredible gift that when you receive it, you won't have to think about whether you've received it or not. You won't have to think about pretending that it's a good gift. It will overwhelm you with joy. Like any good gift that you receive, you don't need to think about pretending. But the problem for us, I think, is our faith is small. We find it hard to believe that Jesus has given us all that he's claiming to give us. But the incredible thing is that Jesus also says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Do you know what it looks like to have faith the size of a mustard seed? To have little faith. I think, I don't know about you, but... I, I, as I was growing up, I used to think, what, what does, how do you quantify faith? If I have faith to move this mountain and it's not moving, maybe I should try something smaller. On a windy day, I'd, I'd get pretty good, um, pretty good results. Uh, but that's not faith, right? We know that. But what is it? What are we talking about? Tonight here, Rob's testimony we've seen what faith the size of a mustard seed is. It's saying that you believe in God, you believe that God loves you, that he forgives you, that he does not condemn you, that he has life to the full for you, and still feeling fear, guilt, shame, condemnation, a lack of joy, still feeling like you're experiencing less than life to the full? Are there areas of your life where you're experiencing that, not life to the full? Areas where you may have little faith? Little faith. Jesus says he can work with that. Rob said, that he he went through saying the sinner's prayer multiple times. He wanted to believe that God loved him and had forgiven him and given him life, but he still felt the same. All the while, God was calling him to step out, to walk on water perhaps, to exercise his faith that God had already forgiven him and that God did not and does not condemn him to push past that fear of guilt, that shame, that condemnation. That is faith the size of a mustard seed and it has moved mountains in his life. He's completely a new person, I can testify to that. If you didn't know, Rob is my brother and I can tell you he is a very different person to what he was even a few months ago. Rob's story is my story too. I can testify to the transforming power of Jesus' love, of God's love for us. Do not settle for an untransformed heart. The prodigal son actually didn't have much faith in his father's love when he was on his way home. But with the little faith that he had, he went home. This is what he said. Maybe I can at least be a servant in my father's house. Clearly he doesn't have very much faith in the father's love. But with that little faith, the father completely transformed his life as he lavished his love on him without restraint. That is what transforms lives. God's love. Matt talked about this movement last week actually listen listen to it again if you if you get the chance listen to that sermon again this movement away from the old exercising faith even little faith prompts action maybe i can at least be a servant if he were to keep saying that, maybe I can at least be a servant with that little faith he had and never actually moved towards the father, never moved out of the pigsty, he would never have experienced the love that God is wanting to lavish out on him, that the father was wanting to lavish out on him. Even little faith prompts action. He moved towards where the father was, away from the pigsty. I think sometimes we get confused here because we, when, we, when we talk about the pigsty, what we usually think is, is the, the problems that we have, the desires that we have, the, the, the addiction to pornography, the, whatever it is, what, the, the unhealthy dependence um, on, on relationships, the, the sex, the drugs, the, the um, material possessions that we're so drawn by. That's what we think of when we think about the pigsty. But if you look at the story here, the pigsty is not those things. The pigsty is where those things lead to. Now, get me right here. I'm not saying that these things are not wrong. Of course they are. They destroy our lives. But we cannot move out of these things in our own power. Rob, Rob realized this trying and trying and trying and not being able to be free from them. You cannot get rid of those desires. It will not work. The pigsty is what those desires lead to. Fear, anxiety, guilt, shame, condemnation. That's the pigsty that Jesus calls us to move out of. He prompts us to move out of. When we can do that, we will experience His love. That's what changes our hearts. That's what reorders and shapes our desires. It's an experience of His love. We cannot change those desires ourselves. You can't short circuit God's love and expect to change. Change comes through God's love. It has to be that. If if Rob were to say to himself, I believe that God forgives me, I believe that he does not judge me, I believe he doesn't condemn me, and yet to feel that if that gets brought to the surface, all that he would feel is condemnation, is judgment from people, then really he's not stepping into the light and experiencing God's forgiveness for him. God has already forgiven him but he cannot experience it until he comes out of hiding and comes into the light. This is why Jesus came, so that we can know, even if it's just a little bit initially, that God loves us, that he's done everything necessary for us to know forgiveness in him. He wants to show us how much he loves us, but our faith is small and that's okay. He's gonna work with what he's got. He will not give up. He's shown us the category of his love, shown us how great his forgiveness is on the cross. He loves us so much that even when we were completely against him, he was still doing everything for us to know life in him to know his love. He does not condemn us. Our faith is small, but that's okay. He's committed to pouring great and mighty streams of his love into your heart. All we need to do is with the little faith that we have, the little faith in his love that we have, do what he says, walk out of the pigsty, away from fear, from condemnation, from guilt. Walk into his light, bring it to the surface. He will prove to be so much more than you have ever imagined. Matt said last week, how will you do this? You come to him, call on him, even as Rob did. What do I need to do? to see your love, not that his love is not there. What do I? What's blinding me? What's stopping me from seeing that? And he will help you to move out of the darkness. When we turn to Jesus in faith, to know God's love and forgiveness, to be transformed by it, it is faith. It may be small, but it is faith. And God wants to turn that little seed, that little mustard seed, into the largest of all garden plants. He's committed to doing that. If the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains in people's lives, imagine the fullness of life God is calling you to as he calls us to exercise our faith in him. This is clearly the story of the prodigal son. But the interesting thing is that's half the story. There's another story, and it's a bit strange that there is another part of the story because we've just heard this incredible uh, account of the love of the father lavished out on this prodigal son, on this younger brother. There's no reason why anyone should be angry or upset at this incredible, transformative, redemptive story. But that's what we see, the older brother. Anger, resentment, a critical spirit. I think most of us, when we, we read this, we, we think, of course, this guy, this guy is a complete wet blanket, right? Come on, why can't you just celebrate? Why can't you just be happy and enjoy this moment? And I have a confession to make. My name is Dan Mora, and I am the older brother. <laughs> if you've grown up with siblings and you haven't buried your childhood memories, uh, you'll know exactly what this guy is feeling, actually. That terrible moment when your sibling gets away with murder. And all you want to do is just rat them out and make sure that they get their due. In fact, we actually, we run Sunday Switch on Sunday mornings and we were running, we were going through the prodigal son with the, with the youth and I was in a group with a couple of boys and um, talking about the, the older brother and how he was in the wrong and uh, this, this particular boy piped up and said, what do you mean? He just could not wrap his head around the fact that the older brother was in the wrong. Uh, He'd obviously had a really angsty car ride on the way to church uh, in the backseat, but uh, it's true. We, We sort of have these spaces in our hearts. I think we have a sense of looking on at other people or groups of people, the way that they do things, things that they do different to us or even against us, and finding that in our hearts, instead of love for them, instead of compassion, we have a critical spirit or even anger sometimes. There's something right at the core of this parable that Jesus wants us to see. When you heard Rob's testimony tonight, what did you find yourself dwelling on? Was your heart swept up in the incredible, transformative power of God's love? Did you feel a joy welling up within you as you heard about his experience of God's love as he moved out of guilt and fear, as the chains were broken from him? Or did you find yourself thinking, well, you know, it's a journey. We'll see how long it lasts. Or did you find yourself not able to get past the idea of pornography, thinking about how terrible it is, how it's wrecking people's lives, did you become annoyed or angry? It's, it's not easy to pick, but these critical thoughts, cynicism, anger, a lack of joy, a, a, an inability to enter into that joy as it's happening right in front of us, a, 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 an insecurity even, these are all the older brother's domain. I know these feelings well. The dangerous reality is that the older brother is the one who is close to home, close to the father, closer to the day-to-day activities of the father. He's working hard around the property. He's doing all the right things that he believes are expected of him. He knows where the father is, knows his schedule, talks business with him even. And in spite of all this, he's just as lost as his younger brother. Somehow, There's a blockage there. He hasn't allowed himself to experience the love that the father has for him. He might even say, I'm guessing, knowing from my own life, that, that he knows that the father loves him, but his actions are proving the opposite. When his father wipes the younger brother's slate clean, there's something that just does not gel with him Maybe, maybe he feels like it's a righteous anger. The younger son effectively disowned the father, took what he could from him, wasted his father's inheritance, and now the father is sparing no expense to welcome him home. The older brother has never had a party like this on this scale thrown for him. Even though he's done all the right things, the right things. Even in his own words, he says he's been slaving. He's been slaving for the father all these years and he hasn't got anything extra to show for it. The younger brother has done the complete opposite and he's receiving well beyond what was his due even before he left. He actually, the older brother actually believes that the father loves the younger son more. He actually believes that he deserves the father's love more, the older brother does, because he's earned it. He's slaved away for it. And if I'm honest, and I think if we're honest here tonight, we'll realise that we can actually empathise with the older brother. We'll notice similar spaces in our own lives where we feel the same way. This particularly can come to the surface when we feel like we've been wronged by someone and we feel like they've gotten away with that. When we feel resentment or anger, cynicism, we can be sure that at the root of it is a belief that God is somehow unfair or that he's not coming through for us in some way. We might say things like we believe that God is good, that he gives us everything we need. But if we feel these things in our hearts, our faith is weak. And again, that's okay. But it's not okay to stay there. We need to exercise our faith in Jesus, in God's love for us. Jesus has shown us how much He loves us, even when we were committing the greatest injustice towards Him, He never resented us, never. He always had love for us. He endured the cross to reveal His love for us. It was a joy for Him to do that for our sake. He's calling us to know that love personally in a way that transforms our lives, that breaks off the chains of a critical and resentful and angry spirit. He wants to give us freedom from these things. How do we exercise our faith in Jesus that God loves us, that He's good, that He wants us to have fullness of joy? And yet we find these feelings in our heart. How do we enter into that? And we see here in the story of the prodigal son, the father comes out and he pleads with the older brother. He pleads with you here tonight. Join the celebration, come in, start to celebrate. Even if you don't feel like it, start to celebrate. It's what the older brother seems like he cannot do. He refuses to enter into that. I remember we used to go on um, beach holidays when, when I was younger. Again, a lot of, a lot of uh, confession and repentance here tonight, um, but we, we used to go to the beach and uh, with all the cousins and the family, uh, quite a few of them who are here tonight so they can tes- testify to this, um, but we also took the PlayStation uh, and that was, that was incredible for me, really loved um, doing that. And, but the families would all, we'd always spend a particular time at the beach and everyone would have to go, no one could stay at home and just play video games. And I remember one particular time just playing there and just being so engrossed in it. This, this is legit, this is living, you know what I mean? That's what I was thinking in that moment. And my mum comes into the room and says, all right, we're going to the beach and man, that was not living. That word to me was not living. So I said, no, 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 I don't, like, don't wanna to go to the beach. I'm just gonna sort of chill here and enjoy this game. And she said, no, 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 we're all going. Come on, let's go. And man, that just brought up an anger in me. No, what are you doing? Why are you trying to control my life? Can I just play this game? If anyone knows video games, it, that's what they do to you. <laughs> it's real. Um, and so, so she goes, no, look, we're all going. You can't, you can't be here alone. And so she goes, come on, get your togs, we're going. I'm like, no, I'll go, but I'm not taking my togs. No way am I swimming. I do not want that. And she, in her mercy, in her great mercy and love for me, behind my back, took the togs to the beach. And we're at the beach and I'm sitting there in a huff, watching all my cousins have fun and just going, my mum's sitting next to me, no, No way. No way I can give her the satisfaction. I'm not, I'm right here. I'm right, the video game was way better. All of a sudden she goes off to the bathroom, I can't remember, she went off somewhere and I quickly put on the togs straight in the water. <laughs> and as I'm there, as I'm experiencing the joy of that, as I'm just having fun, all of a sudden it didn't matter to me that I was wrong anymore. All of a sudden, all that resentment, all that anger towards my mum, it wasn't there. All of a sudden, I knew that she loved me. I knew that she wanted what's best for me. I knew that she knew better. And I think sometimes all we need to do is just to enter into the celebration that's happening around us. If we feel like we cannot do it, we need to realise that God is calling us to do that with the little faith that we have and he will transform our hearts if, if, if we're in that critical and resentful space, celebration is key. Joining in with the joy of others. It's only then that we can start to see how, how silly it was that we were holding on to these things. But until we do that, they will seem like the biggest obstacles for us to have joy in our lives as we start to celebrate how good God is, we actually begin to feel his joy catching on in our hearts, the darkness of cynicism and resentment leaving. I know this, I know this for a fact. We're actually gonna have a chance to celebrate together here tonight, but I wanna re-emphasize here that it is only the transformative power of God's love in Jesus that will do this. This is the older brother, right? Paul actually talks about this. Uh, I think it speaks directly into this space of the older brother. Paul says this, he says, if there is no resurrection, then we as Christians are of all people the most to be pitied. He says that. And do you know why, as I look at the older brother here, he's, he's saying, if, if Jesus hasn't been raised, if He hasn't been resurrected by the Holy Spirit, then the Spirit that we claim to have as Christians has no power. If that's the case, if the Spirit has no power, then all we're ever doing is working really hard to be good, working really hard to free ourselves from these desires but really deep down, we're no different. Our hearts are full of the same desires, the same things, wrong desires, fear, guilt, shame, resentment, cynicism. If that's the case, that the Spirit has not raised Jesus from the dead, we're actually worse off than the world who can just run headlong into their desires rather than trying to suppress them. If you're here tonight and you feel like that's all you're doing, like you're just trying to suppress or control desires, that you're unable to get yourself rid of addiction, you're ridden with guilt maybe, you're unable to overcome anger or impatience or cynicism, a critical spirit, if you're tired and weary of trying to get rid of it, if you've all but given up, if you find your heart going colder and harder rather than more joyful and loving, then I want to let you know tonight that there is good news. It isn't the case that Jesus has not been risen. He has, and the spirit is alive and does have power. And it's the same spirit that has raised Jesus from the dead that He calls and He gives to us, that we might know that freedom and that life. If it's the same Spirit that did that for Him, that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Spirit can bring life to you now. That same Spirit can break through areas of your life that you've always struggled with and never been able to get rid of. This same Spirit, the Spirit of God can reveal His love for you in Jesus in such a way that reorders your other desires. It dwarfs your other desires. Not only can He do that for you, but that is His will for you. He's doing everything to make that love known to you. That you would know His love in this way, in a way that transforms you. So the call is to put your faith in Him. It may be little faith now, but He's calling you to exercise what little faith you have. If you're struggling with fear, guilt, shame, condemnation. Bring it to light. Don't be controlled by the fear of what others think. We are no longer slaves to fear. We sung that song. We are no longer slaves to fear. Exercise that faith. Bring those things to light. It's exercising the faith that God loves you unconditionally. He does not condemn you. He does not judge you. Nothing can separate you from His love. Maybe your heart's telling you otherwise, but He's saying, come and know that love. This is what we know through Jesus, that while we were still against Him, He still loved us and gave Himself up for us. Do you believe that? Then exercise that faith. If that's you here tonight and you're in that space where you've had these things um, um, chaining you, sucking life out of you, you know that. You know it. I want you even now in this moment to talk to Jesus right now. Ask Him, this is a big step, I know. Just ask him if he wants you to come out into the light and and even get prayer tonight. Come forward as we sing our final song of worship. Come forward. Don't be thinking about, I mean, the devil would love for you to be gripped by the fear of what other people are thinking, to focus on that. But the devil has no claim on you. See if that's what, how He wants you to exercise your faith tonight, by bringing to light so that you can experience the truth of His love for you. He will not let you down. This is His will for you, that you would truly know His love. Don't allow fear to control you, exercise that trust in Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and you identify a bit more with the older brother. You feel like you've got it all together. You're around church, but you've got a critical spirit. You've got resentment, pride, cynicism, that you just, maybe, maybe you've noticed for the first time, maybe you've known it for a while, but you have not been able to get rid of it. This is my story. Well, tonight, this is your chance to release those things as you celebrate here tonight. Here we're coming to celebrate the incredible love that God has for us. We're gonna celebrate with Rob. He's gonna be at the front of the line, hands raised. Rob, by the way, would never be caught dead with his hands raised two months ago. He would not. But God's love has transformed His life. I was the same, looking around, thinking, oh, I wonder if that person really means what they're singing. I'm I'm not even ashamed to say that. I'm not, because I am a new creation. The faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. So maybe you're a worshipper here tonight. You're, you're no strangers to this. You'll be worshipping anyway. You know, raise your hands, dancing, do what you usually do. Maybe even take it a step further, do something that you've never done before. I don't know, don't hold back. Um, but if you're not a worshipper here tonight, if you feel that that criticalness in your heart, if you, if you don't even like raising your hands, if you, if you don't even like maybe even singing, I wanna invite you, and I actually I actually believe this, God is inviting you to enter into the joy of knowing Him. Maybe you need to just raise your hands as you worship, not because I'm saying it, but so that you can enter into that joy. Just celebrate together with everyone. Not about what other people are thinking, just join in. It might feel awkward at first, I know it. It might be hard, you might feel like you don't want to. But God loves you and wants you to experience freedom. He does. Maybe if you need a bit of a model, trying to see what it looks like to really be joyful in worship, have a look at Jack or uh, Shah. Have a look at them. It's joy. This, This is celebration. We're looking to who God is. We know He is good. He loves us. He is breaking our chains. He is resurrecting us. We were dead, but now we are alive. We are experiencing His life. Let's step into that. So let's start to celebrate as we come into this next song. Just thank God for the love that releases us from all these chains. And if He's told you to come forward and get prayer, please do not hesitate. There is no judgment here. He does not judge you. He longs for you to know life in Him. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You that You have spared no expense, no expense to reveal Your love for us. You sent Your Son for that express purpose, to show us that that You, not only that You love us, but the the extent of Your love for us. There is no human love like that. It's impossible to think that while people even hated You and were against You, You forgave them and loved them and longed for them to be transformed, that they might know life in You. Oh Father, we don't wanna settle. We're here tonight. We know that You have promised us fullness of life, streams of living water flowing from our hearts. And by that, You meant the Holy Spirit. Oh, give that joy to us tonight. As we worship You, as we set our eyes on You, as we bring things to light, give us the joy of Your salvation. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Let's stand together, church. Yeah, let's praise God, yeah.
3: Let's worship. just for Your mercy and Your grace uh, that we've heard about tonight. An incredible God, a loving God who pursues us. That's what I love about that story, pursues us, great God. And we're such a blessed people, such a blessed people, Father God. What an honour and privilege it's been for us to be able to come and to worship and to honour and to praise You tonight. But we love you, great God and we just worship and honour You in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen, amen. I think we've got we've got requests coming left, right and centre. We want to worship God. If you need to go, no worries, you can go. But I think we're going to do King of Glory. Is that right? One more time or you just want to keep going on this song? Keep going on this song. Alright, we're not finished yet. Let's worship our great God. He's worthy of all praise and honour. Come on church, one more time. Give Him a shout of praise. Come on. All praise, all glory, all honour to You, great God. You're a gracious and loving God. I prayed it before, but it's true, a God who pursues us. I'm just conscious as well, God, as I was listening to Dan share, that there may be some listening online, there may be some that are here, and it's just an aspect where they haven't surrendered. It's this element, they just need to surrender. And God, what I love is that, to, to You, to surrender to You, is the, it's hard in some respect, but it's also the easiest thing we can do when we understand who You are and that You love us and that You have the best plan and purpose for us. So I just pray that You'd give those that are just still wrestling with that, Father God, that You'd give them the courage to surrender that to You in this moment or tonight, whatever they need to do, just help, we pray, Father God, by the power of Your Holy Spirit, help to surrender that over to You, great God. We thank You that You'll never leave us nor forsake us and that You empower us and that You change us, great God. We're so blessed, so blessed. We love You heaps, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty Name and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. So good to have you here, so good to have you online. God bless you guys so much. And I'll just say this, if you wanted prayer, but you didn't, you just felt like you couldn't, please don't go without getting prayer. Please chat to someone or chat to one of the pastors. We would still love to pray for you, but God bless you so much. Have an awesome week and we'll see you next week.